Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attacked those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, he said fight. You can't fight, he said withstand. You can't withstand, he said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What, don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for us, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Hey, we're glad that you're here. Uh, I have an interesting one for today, if you've seen the title, and we're going to get into a lot of things. Some people uh, would say, boy, Brother Baker, I wouldn't get into that, and I would uh, understand why. But um, I believe if there's an issue out there, that there should be somebody trying to biblically, logically explain and understand this because so many people don't. So many people throw the Bible out for emotionalism. They throw logic out because of what they feel, and they don't look at what the Bible says, what logic says on how we ought to think about these issues. And um, and for you that think I'm just, quote, defending independent Baptists, go back and look at the topics. Uh, if there's an issue, even if it's against independent Baptists that I believe needs to be taught on, I have no problem at all with teaching that. Go back and look at uh, tithing on gifts. Go back and look at that. Go back and look at uh, interracial marriage and see. Um, some people think these are just to be controversial, and they're not, but they are to be biblical. And if there's an issue out there, I believe there should be some people that are trying to say what's right. Now, we're working on a Calvinism series, and we've done two of them. We've done a one overall of why we disagree with all five points of Calvinism, and then last time we did one on uh, total depravity. And uh, really, really important, if you haven't heard those, I believe you should, and we plan on doing those every other week. My son was sick this last week, so it was good to uh, throw in these, and there are always issues that come up um, with uh, religion, and so it gives me, between those weeks, to be able to deal with whatever issue else that is going on out there. So, are you ready for it? Did you see it? The blessing and curse of sex, all right? Let me give uh, a little uh, warning before, okay? Please, you have no right to condemn this unless you listen to every word. 
Um, there are things that uh, if you just heard part of it, you're not going to understand. It's not going to make sense. You need to listen to the whole thing. I'm not saying that to try to get you a longer listener. I, you need to hear the whole thing. The last part of this is going to be the answer to this that we need, but the logic and history and things we need to know up front. Also, if you see anyone post a clip from this um, and it's not including the whole thing, I don't care if you take and share this. Uh, it's, it's what I believe in, what I'm putting together. Um, but for just to pull a clip out of it is wrong, okay? This is contextual. This has to be put in context or you are not going to get this. Everybody got that? So if you see people who love to take and clip things out, have fun on this one, okay? You'll be able to find lots of things you can do and uh, misquote and take out of context things. You need to hear it in the whole context. Everybody got it? All right, seatbelt on. Here we go. I want to start out with this. You'll hear this a few times. Number one, sexual sin is wrong. Number one, sexual sin is wrong. Number two, if there is an accusation of a sexual sin with a minor, then it must be reported to the authorities. We'll talk more about that in some states, but I believe it must be reported to the authorities, and I have done that probably more than anybody I know. Uh, I'm the chaplain and have been as a volunteer or a full-time chaplain for almost three decades in the jail. Um, they have what's called a, a SO pod, okay, sexual offender pod. At any one time, there's 15 to 20 to 30 guys in there, and guess what I do? I ministered to them. Uh, would it, you think it ought to be okay for me to go to this pod and this pod and this pod and skip over that pod? Some of you think I should. Uh, I'm sorry, by law, I cannot, all right? And so you ministered to all of them. So I've probably turned in more people for this than, than anybody I know. Number one, sexual sin is wrong. Number two, if there's an accusation of a sexual sin with a minor, then it must be reported to the authorities. Number three, if it's proven true, why do you say that? Because proven there are false accusations, and I may take a podcast and just talk about that. It's too much to get into in this one. But if it's proven to be true, then minister to all the victims. Absolutely. They're going to need help. The fallen, we're supposed to minister to them and their families. There's so many times the families who had nothing to do with this get totally destroyed in this because of what their dad did. They need ministered to too, every one of them. And the fallen, oh, I can't believe you administered to them. Then you don't believe the Bible and you're not spiritual. Because the Bible says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. If someone sins, they're overtaken in a fault, they blew it, they messed up, then we are supposed to help them. And let me just make you mad up front. Um, one of the reasons why I believe there is residual or repeat offenders is because nobody restored them. Nobody helped them. Nobody helped that person get right. Psychologists say, oh, they can't get right. If that's true, then God would just take them out. They can. Any person whose breath is alive and their heart's still beating, God's not done with that. And so, number one, sexual sin is wrong. Number two, if there's an accusation of sexual sin with a minor, it must be reported to the authorities. Number three, it's proven to be true, then minister to all, the victims, the fallen, and their families. Okay? Now, um, in the beginning, God made things. He said it was good. The light, Genesis 1-4, it was good. Genesis 1-10, the earth, the seas, uh, it was good. The, in verse 12, the herb bearing seed, it was good. Uh, verse 18, uh, the light and darkness, it was good. Verse 21, the winged fowl, it was good. Verse 25, the creeping thing. Okay, God said it. It was good. Then, verse 27, so God created man in his own image. The image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. 
We understand what that means. And replenish the earth and subdue it. Verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good in the evening and morning were the sixth day. After God made man and woman, God said it was very good. It was very good. The title is called The Blessing and Curse of Sex. A blessing is God made this a blessing. I think most people would say in their right mind that, wow, one of the best things on the earth that God ever created was the intimacy of a man and a woman. Um, in Proverbs it says, boy, there are things that are too much for me, the way of a man with a maid. <laughs> wow, it's just amazing that God made two people to be able to come together and connect in intimacy and to be able to have a blessing and joy and pleasure that's related with that. And it produces a beautiful baby and an offspring. Incredible. God designed all of that. And it's good. God said it's very good. God said marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. So it is a blessing. It's a blessing that God God gave to a husband and a wife to be able to work on your marriage, have a good marriage, and get to enjoy then that blessing of intimacy. Okay? It is a blessing. Um, God made it. It's a gift to the man and to the woman. The curse is a temptation. The curse is the sexual temptation. And the reason why I want to do this is this. If we don't look at the right enemy, then we'll never win. The enemy is the flesh. The enemy is a temptation, the desire to cross outside of what God made intimacy, sex for, one man and one woman for life. That's how God made it. But there is the temptation to go outside of that. And everybody has it. The Bible says there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Still remember the first time I ever heard a preacher deal with this. I was in the army and very worldly. I moved out of the house when I was in high school, told my parents I wouldn't live by their rules, got in a party apartment. Uh, you understand all the things that happened there, then the military and all the things that happened there. And uh, so I understand this uh, topic very well and the temptation for this. And in the army, I was bored. It was in Korea, not much to do. So I went to chapel and uh, this chaplain got up and he used his first Matthew 5.28, but I say unto you that whoso looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Oh, you drop your head and go, okay. And then he said, this is the preacher. He said, honestly, I know I struggle with that. What? You're a preacher. And every man I've ever talked to struggles with that. Wow. And by the way, that's true. Okay. There's no temptation taking you, which such is as common to man. Take the most holy, sincere, dedicated, honorable, moral man you've ever met. I promise you, he is tempted with this. He's tempted with it. It's honest, okay? So we ought to be able to talk about it. We ought to be able to understand what the problem is, what the enemy is, and it's the flesh. If you do not deal with the right enemy, you're going to lose every time. And most people don't deal with this. It's the ad hominem attack against a person or a group instead of understanding what it is, the flesh. Again, sex is, sexual sin is wrong. Any sexual accusation uh, out with a minor it must be reported to the authorities. And if it's proven to be true, minister to all victims, fallen, and their families. Um, so, and it is a big deal. It's so big that many people, even they're opting to for chemical castration. Uh, United States, according to National Center of Biotechnology Information, between 10 and 20,000 people in the U.S. have undergone chemical castration. 
uh, because they know I struggle with this. I don't want to struggle with it. Dealing with men that have a problem in the SO pod and that have messed up, basically, I hate this. I hate the desire I have. I wish it was gone. I wish it would go away. And people are opting for this. Um, when we feed our mind, as a man thinking, thinking that his heart so is he, when we feed our mind with this stuff, then it is going to grow so strong, and that's what we're going to become. And that's what's happened. We'll talk more about that. By the way, it's not just the U.S. U.K., 2,000 have gone uh, undergone chemical castration. Germany, 4,000 people. South Korea, known for extensive use of chemical castration for sex offenders, between 10 and 30,000 people they have had go through that. Okay? This is not just a problem in the United States. This is a problem all over the world. How come? Because we all have a human nature. We all have the flesh. So did God know this was going to be an issue? This is so interesting to me. God created sex to be a blessing, but did God know there were going to be certain sins? Absolutely. This is a list of the sins that God put in the Bible and talked uh, talked against. Fornication, okay? Fornication, any sexual sin, we'll talk more about that. Adultery. How many times did God talk about adultery? Uh, how many times did God say this adultery is wrong, okay? And it shouldn't, shouldn't be done. God said it. Why did God say it? Okay, he had to because it's in the Bible. Uh, 40 different times the word adultery is used, okay? 40 different times. Um, and so it's one of the Ten Commandments. I shall not commit adultery. Polygamy. God said male and female created he them. He said, for it was not so in the beginning. God made them male and female, and that's what he wanted it to be. And how many people, even though the children of Israel, had more than one wife? Um, and God said, no, it shouldn't be. Um, then uh, rape, okay, God talked about that in the Bible. Incest, God talked about that in the Bible and, ex- and exposed it. Here's Lot with his two daughters. Incest, God talked about that. Homosexuality, often God talk about that. If a man lie with a man as he lie with a woman, he shall be put to death. And Romans 1, men working that which is unseemly, the Bible says. Old and New Testament, bestiality? God had to cover bestiality? God did. Exodus 22, Leviticus 20, Deuteronomy 27, God covered that. How come? Because the sexual sin, the temptation is there. There's a blessing of it. One man, one woman for life. Wow, praise God. There's a blessing of it. Then there's the curse of it, the sexual temptation. Bestiality, God put it in there. Prostitution, um, it's in there. Selling your body for money, it's in there. Uh, Sexual immorality, uh, the numerous sins, including pornography, looking uh, at it to lust. And this is first Ezra, uh, sorry, Ezekiel. Did God know this? Then he said to me, uh, Ezekiel 8.12, Son of man, hast thou seen with the ancients? of the house of Israel do in the dark? These are the old men. It's not just young men. It's old men too. Uh, This is something that you think as a young man, okay, I'm glad when I'm older and this doesn't bother me. There's a reason why it's called dirty old men. Because as men, they're older, they still have those same desires and same thoughts. Um, What the ancients, these old men in the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imagery, in the chambers of the imagery, what they're thinking about. What they're meditating about, God warned about this. For they say, the Lord seeth us not, the Lord hath forsaken the earth. They say, God can't see in the chambers of our imagery. Yes, he can. Pagan sexual activity. There are religions that have sex incorporated with their religion. 
it's a part of the traditions, um, um, tantric, I'm saying it right, Hinduism and Buddhism. Traditions use sexual energy as a tool for spiritual development, incorporating sexual practices and rituals into meditation. Ancient Egyptian religions, certain deities were associated with fertility and sexual rituals, and sex was seen as a vital force in creation and renewal. Neo-pagan religions, um, these diverse beliefs often celebrate sexuality as a natural and sacred expression of life and divinity. Okay, there are religions that have sex as a part of this. And the reason why I'm talking about this is people want to look at this, and our podcast is called the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. They want to look at, oh, the independent fundamental Baptists. They're the issues, they're the problems. No, the flesh is a problem. Sin is a problem, and God knew that, and look at all this. I mean, these are, I have 11 different sexual sins that God described and said, this is wrong, but this is what you're going to be tempted with, and God had to say against this because people were doing it. And the last one, uncleanness, lasciviousness, I put those together, self-pleasure. Um, all these things God talked about, God talked against these things because God knew we were going to struggle with this in the flesh, okay? God knew we were going to struggle with this in the flesh. And so if anyone truly, sincerely, honestly reads this, they would have to say, you know what? Somewhere in there I've fallen. Well, I, I just think about it. I haven't done anything. Uh, the thought of foolishness is sin, the Bible says. God says, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you committed adultery with her already in your heart. That's what God says. Well, that's not as bad. We can judge the severity of sin, but it's sin. Okay? It's sin. And every person, human person, on the face of the earth has sinned and struggled with this. It's amazing. In the perfect Garden of Eden, God put what? A temptation. God put a temptation in the middle of the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, don't eat it. Even in a perfect will of God, there has to be a temptation to sin, or yet we're robots and we have no free will. God gave us a free will, and God gave us this desire for intimacy. And by the way, for guys, many times you wake up with that desire. You go to bed with that desire. You all throughout the day, there talks about how often a man thinks about sex. Uh, and whether the numbers are right, it's still a lot. One time I was going to preach a sermon on this and to control your eyes and watch out. I said, okay, I got to go into Walmart. I got to get one thing and I know where it's at. So I'm going into Walmart. I'm going to buy one thing and then walk out. I counted how many times I had to turn or look away because of a sexual temptation. 25 times. Oh, well, you're just a pervert. <laughs> Say whatever you want. It's a human nature. It's flesh. 25 times. The way a woman was dressed, too tight, too low. Um, the yoga pants uh, um, that, oh, they're just so comfortable. It feels like I'm wearing nothing. And it looks like you're wearing nothing. Okay, anyways, I digress. <laughs> but uh, uh, walking by the bra section, and they have the little tag labels of a woman showing off the bra. Walking out uh, on the front years ago, and all the magazines were there, and all the temptation there. 25 times I had to look up, look down, look left, look right, because there was a, sex, a sexual temptation wanting me to look. That's Walmart going in one time. By the way, many women don't understand this. Many women think, oh, man, they're just brutes. They're just beasts. They're just animals. All they want is sex. No, but God did make, especially one of the two of the human race, to have to have this desire so there would be procreation and uh, that there would be more children. And God did that. And so the blessing of it, man and woman for life. Um, my wife and I have been married for 34 three and a half years. And uh, I told you I grew up, it was a mess. My wife didn't. Strong Christian school, independent fundamental Baptist, dating right. Uh, uh, I'm the only guy she's ever kissed. And uh, pure on our wedding night. And we've kept that. 
Um, we've said in the beginning of our marriage, if either of us messed up, we would tell the other and we would resign from ministry and we'd work on our marriage and work all we could to restore that. Praise God, we never had to. Um, but it's been open and we work hard to have a good marriage. We'll talk about that. But the temptation, it's a blessing, men and women, for life together. Beautiful. My mom and dad have been married for 80, uh, my dad's 86, my mom's 83. And they don't listen to podcasts, so hopefully I won't get in trouble for saying this. But I was getting ready to get married. And uh, I was talking to my mom about uh, getting married. And um, and my mom and dad, they met at a Baptist church. Their first date was to a Baptist church. They got married in a Baptist church. They've only been with each other. My mom and dad have never drank or smoked or cussed, okay? Okay. Mom's always been a Sunday school teacher, 50-year, beginner department. Dad's always been a deacon, chairman of the deacons, and great moral people. And so I'm talking to my mom, and in my mind, you get old, you know, that just stops. And, of course, my parents were old. And my mom, in her sheepy, shy grin, she goes, son, it just keeps getting better. Like, what? What are you talking about? You're too old for that. And um, through the years and talking to my dad, it's, it's amazing how God made that still to be a blessing. The intimacy is a blessing. But it's also a curse because there's a temptation outside. My dad was on business trips and a knock at the door and looked there it was. And uh, the woman at the door said, uh, uh, are you lonely tonight? Can I, uh, can I give you some company? And I said, absolutely not. Close back the door. Uh, temptation. Business trip. Who's going to know? You're lonely. You're by yourself. A woman comes to give you companionship. Um, but temptation is there. I've been sitting in my office. Uh, first office had a glass door. Anyone could see anyone was there. A second office was bigger and a secretary, older, uh, mature woman. Uh, there was a two office thing together and the door connecting and uh, the door was always open and anyone could walk in anytime. And a lady came in to, for counseling. And with women, I would counsel them one time, find out what the situation was, help them how I could, and then direct them to a lady. I don't do long-term ongoing counseling with women. We'll talk about that too. But um, so, um, and so she said, well, I need to ask you something. Okay, what, what is it? Well, I don't know how to say it. Just say it. Well, I, I felt weird saying it. You want to write it down? Sure. Give her three by five cards. She wrote it down and she gave it to me and she propositioned me for sex. In my office, wrote it down. What do you do? I stood up. I yelled at her, get out of my office. Miss Williams, come in here. Take this woman out. Never let her get an appointment. Here's what she did. Here's a card. I immediately called my wife. Told her what happened. Woman never came back. Temptation. If, you, if I wanted to, what could I have done? Okay, where can we go? Okay, let's do this. Uh, temptation, okay? It's out there. So to resist the temptation, it's there. We must make sure we have the right guilt of the flesh and the sin nature instead of trying to have a wrong um, enemy, then you're never going to win, okay? So it's been said, oh, independent fundamental Baptist, that's just creating, that's the one problem with this. I'm going to go through and show you it's not, okay? Uh, are independent Baptist humans? Yes. Do they sin? Yes. Are there people that have sinned in that? Yes. Remember, sexual sin is wrong. Uh, any sexual sin that's done, even an accusation with a minor, has to be reported to the authorities, and then after that, you re heal, recover, minister to all, okay? Um, so they say there's about 30,000 independent Baptist churches. I looked at one new independent Baptist database, and they had 10,000 growing all the time. And so many are not, they're independent, so they're not in any group. They're not going to come up on any group. It's referenced about 30,000 independent Baptist churches. And has there been people that sinned and gone to jail? Absolutely, uh, because they're human nature. Southern Baptists. 
47,000 Southern Baptist churches. Um, this was gigantic just a year or so ago. A uh, list of sex abusers prepared by the staff member contains 703 alleged abusers. 703 Southern Baptist. 409 believed to be Southern Baptist affiliated at some point, according to the report. If you remember, that came out gigantic, okay? Southern Baptist. It is not just independent Baptists that have struggled with this. It's called human nature. It's called flesh. Catholic, has there been a problem there? It's amazing how big this is and how little coverage it gets. It gets mentioned every once in a while, just as a short article, but I haven't seen the documentary about this. Um, Archdiocese of Boston, sexual scandal in the 80s. 500 priests were accused of abusing children. Abusing children. These are not teenage girls that uh, um, are many times more women. These were children. These altar boys and things that were done. Abusing children in the archdiocese paid over 85 million in settlements. Any sexual sin with a minor is wrong and bad and horrible, but when it's a prepubescent, when it is some child who doesn't even understand anything about this, what a mess that is. Uh, 85 million settlements, 500 priests. Los Angeles, California, 2007, 400 priests have been accused of abusing children, 508 victims. This is in one diocese. One diocese, Archdiocese of LA, 660 million in settlements to the victims. $660 million. Crazy. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 300 priests abused, uh, accused of abusing children. Archdiocese paid $130 million to settle that. $130 million. Archdiocese of Louisville, over 100 priests have been accused. $25 million paid out. Uh, Portland, Oregon, 150 priests accused of abusing children. $75 million paid out. Archdiocese of St. Paul um, and uh, Minneapolis, $210 million paid out in 2018. $130 million paid out uh, in Philadelphia in 2020. $100 million paid out Diocese of Syracuse in 2022. Well over a billion dollars, just then those have been paid out from the Catholic Church with hundreds, hundreds of priests. Are you trying to justify the independent Baptist because of that? No, I'm trying to point out what? That sin is a sin nature and it's a flesh and that's a problem and that's what we ought to work on. That's, and the Catholic Church, of course, is wrong. They forbid their priests to marry. That, that's against First Timothy 4. That's when they depart from the faith. That's not supposed to be done. God made men and women to be able to be together. Um, and so what a problem. Non-denominational, you could go through the list. Bill Hybels, um, accused of sexual misconduct by five women, um, resigned in 2018. Ted Haggart, founding pastor of New Life Church, um, Colorado Springs, um, accused of sexual misconduct by a male prostitute, admitted to the allegations, resigned. Uh, Peter Ennis, uh, Mars Hill Church, Seattle, Washington, one of the largest churches, sexual misconduct by multiple women. And it could go on and on. Jerry Falwell Jr., uh, his wife, the pool boy, it could go on and on and on with the non-denominational. Guess what? It's sin. It's sin nature. It's the flesh. To put this and try to say this in an independent fundamental Baptist problem is to totally ignore the true problem. Again, sexual sin is wrong. Any accusation of the minor needs to be turned in, and then you help everybody minister to all them involved. So many people want hands off. Uh-oh, it's a sexual sin. Uh, we're to minister to them. United Methodist Church. My dad grew up in a United Methodist Church. Um, 
And uh, Russell Holstrung, convicted four counts of injury to a child, sentenced to 10 years in prison. Peter Isley, uh, United Methodist pastor in Ohio, sexually abusing multiple women over a period of decades, uh, sentenced to two years in prison. Donald Burdick, uh, United Methodist pastor in New York, sexually abused multiple boys, period of several years, convicted 51 counts, 25 years in prison. And the article said, this is just a few examples of the many sexual abuse scandals plagued the United Methodist, oh, United Methodist, they would never do that. It's called sin. It's called flesh. It's called the the sin nature that has a desire for that. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And the prior life, we have that. Presbyterian, oh, it would never go on there. Um, Amazing. Sexual report of misconduct, acknowledging the 93, the prevalent abuse within the denomination calling for stronger prevention. 93. Uh, 2002. Louisville Presbytery uncovered widespread sexual abuse by the former missionary, 22 girls um, and women over a 40-year period. Uh, Emmanuel Reformed Presbyterian Church, 2010, sexual abuse by a youth pastor. Um, uh, This I thought was amazing. 2016, PCUSA uh, Clergy Sexual Abuse Survey. A survey found one out of 10 clergies have been accused of sexual misconduct. One out of 10 accused sexual misconduct. Um, They have 18,173 clergy, so that's um, 1,800 plus accused of sexual misconduct. Accused. 1,800 in the Presbyterian church. Guess what? It's sin. It's sex. One of the Presbyterian churches. I never got this one. 2018, Grace Church of the Islands, 2018. Georgia pastor confessed to abusing men and boys in the congregation with sexual foot massages. I don't know what that is and don't want to know. Um, Guess what? It's sin. It is sin. It's out there. Um, So those are just some of the churches, some of the religions. Guess what? Secular world. Okay. I encourage you to go look this up. Um, uh, this is a Fox News article. I'll give you the link if you need it. Just search it. Nearly 350 K through 12 educators arrested on child crimes. 350. Oh, oh, in one year, 2022. 2022. Did you hear that? 350 K through 12 educators arrested on child sex crimes in 2022. And how many of those are women? It's amazing. When this issue came up, I'm looking at this, they're like, are they ignoring all of this? I know it seems like every week or every other week I see an article of a woman that messed with one of her students um, as a female school teacher. Look that up. Here's just one article. Female teachers arrested for sexual misconduct with children, six females in two days. All over. Six female teachers in two days were arrested for sexual misconduct with children. Unbelievable. Just read one of um, a woman that was a true predator. She uh, was 22. She was acting like she was a homeschool 14-year-old girl uh, and texting boys, sending pictures and meeting up with them and having sex with them. Um, a 22-year-old woman portraying to be a 14-year-old homeschool girl. Um, guess what it is? It's sin. It's the flesh. It's sex. And if you want to say, oh, it's just independent fundamental Baptist, you have your head in the sand and you're not going to know what the real issue is and you're not going to be able to fix it. And guess what? Guess who could be next? Okay. Um, it's amazing. The devil looks and says, okay, who's winning souls? Who's really truly helping people? How many souls are saved in the Presbyterian church, in the Methodist church? How many are saved in these other churches? How many are saved in the Catholic church? 
But what does the devil go after? Okay, who are the people who are trying to win people to Christ? Bring them to Jesus, okay? I think you can strongly say what I've seen, and I've been around a lot of ones of what we grew up in and, and out, independent, federal Baptists trying to win souls. Okay, let's let the devil focus on them and say, oh, those people are the problem. So then nobody wants to be associated with that, so let's leave independent Baptists. And then what does it turn to? When someone leaves an independent Baptist church, we know they're going to happen. The standards are going to go down. The soul winning goes down or totally off. Music changes. Bible version changes. Watch it. It happens. Think of someone. If you're independent Baptist, think of someone that you know that left independent Baptist for whatever reason. Are their standards the same? Are they still winning souls? How's their music? What Bible are they using? Okay, Satan knows that. If I can just attack independent fundamental Baptists and get people to think those people are the ones that are horrible, then we can get them out of that, okay? Um, and I don't know, um, there, there's some other topics and issues that I want to want to deal with and probably will next time on on that. This is a, a series of things that I'm, I need to talk with. If you have questions, I'll be glad to, to try to do my part to answer that. So the important part of this is what to do, is to stay sexually pure. Stay sexually pure. I told you how I grew up. I told you what I was with. My mind was a mess. Military... Uh, the world, the drinking, partying, all that stuff brings all the sexual sins. And my mind was a mess. And I'm just telling you honestly, and I, I'm don't, not proud of this, but um, I'm just trying to be real. Um, I went to Bible college and said, I'm not going to date anybody. I'm not going to look at a girl, and I'm not going to talk to a girl. How come? Because my mind was a mess. We were taught women are for flesh. Women are for pleasure. Women are for sex. And that's all you do. <laughs> if you were a man and you came out of the world, that's what the world was about. You did your job, you made some money, and then you went to get drunk, higher, late. The, that was it. The buzz, the tingle, the pleasure, that, that, that's what guys in the world live for. And it was. And so, and then the pornography and all the junk you put up here and said, God, I have got to have you clean my mind up. And, um, you know, we learned then how to take a good girl and make her not a good girl. And, uh, and, and guys would do that. They would pick a girl out in high school. Okay, that's a good girl. Let's see how long I can make her not a good girl. I'm sorry, that's the flesh. That's the world. That's what happens. And, um, and it was horrible, and it was wrong. So now, <laughs> surrender to God, surrender to priests, trying to get rid of all that stuff, and I'm not going to look at girls or talk to girls. And I just let God clean my mind up. And I wondered, could it happen? I heard Dr. House preach on how it could. And I spent time just in the Bible, in prayer, and serving God in preaching, blocking out all that other stuff. I didn't listen to anything. I didn't watch anything. I just focused on God, serving God in the Bible. It's amazing after a few months, it's like, wow, my mind's clean. I don't look at women that way. By the way, my first real job was a lifeguard, okay? I was a swim team, race, one state, lifeguard. Um, and I got paid to look at girls in bikinis. Not a good job for a teenage boy. Hello? All day long, all you're doing is checking out what's there, okay? <laughs> Not a good thing to do. God cleaned my mind. God cleaned my mind. And after six months, I felt like, God, I think I'm ready to date, but you show me the one. And I walked down a hallway and I saw a young lady. I smiled and she smiled. And on the inside, I felt like God said, that's her. That's someone. And we dated, dated the right way. I told her everything about my past. She understood it. And, um, and uh, we've been married for 33 and a half years and it's been wonderful. We have 11 children and it's been wonderful. And it's still wonderful. And it's supposed to be that way. Uh, God made it. It's a blessing. But there's a curse of temptation. Um, so how to stay sexually pure. Number one, flee fornication. 
flee, run from it. You see a hint of it, a temptation for it, run. That woman proposition in my office, run, run. You play those scenarios out in your mind where you do not even, you do not entertain it. When you let your mind be entertained, sin, when it's finished bringing forth death, that sin, we're drawn away, lust, tempted, and we put it in there. We just think about it. We're not going to do it. We just think about it. Watch out, flee it, run from it, okay? Number two, keep your mind pure. Keep your mind pure. The Bible says, let thine eyes look right on. What are you supposed to look at? You look at their eyes. When you talk to people, you look at their eyes. You don't do the scan, okay? I tell our girls, you interested in a guy? Watch him. Watch his eyes. Watch his eyes when a girl walks by that's not dressed appropriately. See what he does. I was out sewing with a guy and uh, had my little boy with me, and he had to go to the bathroom, so I took him to the bathroom and came out. And the guy said to me, he goes, wow. I said, well, he goes, you're real. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're real. So what are you talking about? Because I know that that um, gas station, and I know the magazines that are right before you go into the bathroom. All of the the sexual explicit magazines right there, and they're open where you can see. He said, "I watched you when you went in. You on purpose did not even look. You even turned to the left a little bit to make sure you didn't see those when you took your son to the restroom. You have to." Because if not, you put that in your mind, you're going to be done, okay? Keep your mind pure. Why? How do you do that? Thine eyes. Thine eyes are the gate to the soul. If thine eye be evil, then it's going to be evil. Your whole body is. Uh, Job said, I've made a covenant with mine eyes. Why should I think upon a maid? I made a covenant. You make a covenant with your eyes, I am not going to look at that. I'm not going to look at that. David said, I'll set no wicked thing before mine eyes. On your phone, on your TV, on the internet, what's there? What are you looking at? Magazines? Uh, What do you have? I talked to a guy that was uh, so addicted to this kind of stuff. This was years ago before the internet was big. And, and he would do dumpster diving to find furniture and junk that was left over that he could use. He said, he told me later, the biggest reason I did that, he said, so I could find pornography. Because people would throw away stuff. And I would, he would dig through a dumpster to be able to find pornography. Years ago, my first time dealing with this, the summer of my freshman year in Bible college, I came down to Tennessee uh, to work with some pastors and make sure my family was saved and work with one independent Baptist guy. Two years later, he's in jail. I happened to be down visiting family, and I went to the jail and told him who it was. They let me go back and visit him. And he had molested his nephews that they had custody of. Um, horrible. And um, I said, what, what happened? What happened? By the way, he did not go to Howells Anderson. He was a, it was Springfield, okay, Baptist Bible uh, Fellowship. Uh, but uh, and, and I'm not pushing back on them. I'm saying it's sin. It's a sin nature. And I'm just flabbergasted. Like, how in the world? And he's, I said, what happened? And he said, I never gave up pornography. I said, what? He said, I never gave up pornography. You kept those things in your mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You got to get that stuff out. Flee fornication. Um, keep your mind pure. Let that eyes look right on. Make a covenant with your eyes. Set no wicked thing before your mind. All those things, it all starts here. Every sin starts in your mind. Uh, you know, the Bible says, take every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Casting down imagination, every thought that uh, exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring into captivity every thought. Take every thought and cast it down and make that thought obey God. You have to do that or you're going to mess up. You're going to blow your life. By the way, one of the reasons why people continue to sin is because they don't try to restore people that have fallen. And it says, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Through the years, I have always tried to help people when they fell, no matter what it was. And by doing that, it's reminded me of how badly the people are going to be hurt when they do that. My um, 
secretary for years. Um, her husband went to Tom Malone's college, worked for Lester Roloff, um, started two churches, and uh, messed up a big time. Um, and it was adult, but ran off with a younger lady and left his wife and four kids. And she was my secretary for years. I saw what she had to go through, which is a constant reminder, hey, help these people, because I need to realize that could be me. That could be me. And it could be you. It could be anybody. Okay? How to stay sexually pure. We talked about that. Next, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. The Bible says to avoid fornication. Hello, here it is. God's plan to avoid fornication. How do you do that? Verse 1, now concerning the things where ye wrote unto me, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Okay, don't get started. Don't make provision for the flesh. Don't have a little thing. Don't hug. We'll get into that. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. God said to avoid fornication, get married, and have a good, intimate, married life. Let the husband render the wife do benevolence. Likewise, the wife to the husband. Wife hath not power over her body. Husband hath not power over her body. His body defrauding not the other except it with, be with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and to prayer and come together again that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. Satan is going to tempt you in this area. The only way husband and wife should not be together is they both agree, let's fast, not if one agrees, they both agree, let's fast and pray for a while about something and then come together so we're not tempted. That's what the Bible says. So we are not tempted. It's the Bible. It's a sin nature, okay? Each one of these things I could go on for a long time and want to do a book about this sometime, but um, I don't have time to go through this the right way, but I would encourage you to read it. Proverbs 2 and Proverbs 7. To keep thee from the strange woman, uh, Proverbs 2.16. To keep thee from the strange woman, Proverbs 7.5, okay? There are four things here that will keep you from the strange woman. Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. To have discretion and understanding, as in Proverbs 2, and then to have wisdom um, and uh, and understanding uh, in Proverbs chapter 7 to keep you from the strange woman, okay? Uh, really is a big deal. Go read Proverbs 2, go read Proverbs 7, and to keep thee from the strange woman. Um, it is a big deal, and it will help you to keep from the strange woman so you don't mess up. And lastly on this, and mention some of it, don't get too close. Counsel. Um, if you say, I never counsel women, that's safe. Uh, I, because I'm their pastor, I counsel with them one time. I'll tell them I'll counsel with them one time, and then I'll direct them to somebody that will help them. Here's somebody that was abused. Um, pray for them, help them, encourage them, and then send them to a lady that was abused who now uses that as a ministry to help other people. Uh, this is a marriage counseling. Okay, let's get your husband in here and do marriage counseling together. Um, I do not counsel a woman over and over and over to get, uh, just with her. I don't, okay? Uh, counsel. Uh, talking to them business-wise, professional, uh, no touching. I don't hug women. Sometimes you get accosted and so you get awkwardly and they realize, okay, he's really not hugging me. Sometimes that happens, but I don't. You ask him our church, Pastor Baker doesn't hug women, okay? I don't. Uh, bro hug, man, a handshake with the shoulder on the back. Hey, we do that but uh, with a guy, but but I don't hug women, okay? I'm not going to. Good for a man not to touch a woman. Um, and uh, make no provision for the flesh. Don't make provision. Don't make provision in your mind. Don't make provision in your body. I don't get in the car with women alone. I don't go to lunch with women alone. I, I don't. Not going to happen. Um, are you worried you're going to fall? No, but... I don't want to make provision for the flesh and to stay above reproach. And if anybody ever saw what's Pastor Baker doing with them, um, I don't do that. Even when I'm with one of my daughters on a day, I always make sure to say, this is my daughter. Uh, I don't want people to think things. So um, to do things the right way, stay pure, understand what 
the issue is, okay? Satan uses the flesh to tempt us so we'll mess up our life. Uh, do independent Baptists sin? Absolutely, because we're in the flesh. Uh, is it systemic with the independent Baptists? No, there's 30 plus thousand independent Baptist churches, tens of thousands of independent Baptist pastors, and have some messed up? Yes, absolutely. And again, sexual sin is wrong. Any accusation with a minor needs to be turned in, okay? It needs to be turned in and uh, and then minister to everybody that's involved in that. That's what we're supposed to do so we can heal them. We need to preach this. We need to warn people. We need to see when you blame, quote, independent fundamental Baptist, you're not looking at what the issue is, okay? Uh, it's in every religion. It's in every type of a church, every denomination. And it's in the public schools, gigantic, big time. It's been the biggest pandemic. By the way, they say the reason why that's on the rise is because more women are looking at pornography. The biggest um, expansion of pornography has been women looking at it. So now they have it in their mind. So now they are messing with, uh, with uh, younger boys. And it's a mess, okay? It is a pandemic mess, even just in that. If you just Google, I'm not trying to get you to look at the junk, it's a mess, but just the female teachers in the last couple of years that have done this, it, it's a pandemic. It's, it's way bigger than you taking 30 years of independent Baptist and every accusation you know and putting it together. One year of females in schools is bigger than that, Okay. Are you justifying it, making excuse for it? Absolutely not. Remember, sexual sin is wrong. Anything with a minor accusation, report it, okay? And I have done that. I have done that. Um, and uh, there's some times we turned it in and they investigated it and the girl said, no, it didn't happen. And the guy's still out. There's been time we investigated it. I don't know what happened. Nothing happened. There's been time we investigated it. The guy went to prison for 20 years. Um, but we turned that in. Um, we turned that in, and you're supposed to. By the way, I don't have time to get into this now, but um, mandatory reporters, we are in Tennessee. Some states that aren't. Some states recommend it. Uh, some states are not mandatory reporters for that. And why? In the Catholic Church, the way somebody gets their sins absolved is confessing them to a priest. That's their doctrine. They have to confess it to a priest to have this, the father, quote, absolve their sins. And so if they confess it to a priest and he's a mandatory reporter and he has to turn it in, oh, so I can't confess it to a priest so they can never get their sins absolved. Now, again, that's not right doctrine. That's not Bible, but that is their doctrine. That is their doctrine. And so some states have it. Many, I'll, I'll talk about this again. Many states have it where you can look it up. What states are mandatory reporters? I did. And many of them are not. Okay. And so um, I think it ought to be always turned in. I'm not going to judge whether I think it's credible or not. That's not my job. I'm not the judge, jury, or executioner. I'm the pastor. I'm trying to encourage and help them. Uh, the states where it's recommended, Utah, Texas, Rhode Island, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Nebraska, Maryland, and that's not exhaustive. I just went through part of the list and pulled some of them out. They're not mandatory reporters in there. California became mandatory reporter in 80. Tennessee became mandatory reporter in 96. And 96 is when we became mandatory reporters. Um, in Arkansas, I looked this up two different places, and this is what it says. For example, parental consent. And I, this is unfathomable to me, but this is what it says. For example, in Arkansas, parental consent is required if a victim of a minor and the alleged perpetrator is a parent or guardian. So you have to have the other spouse agreeing to turn this person in if they messed up. 
in, that's the law in certain states. So, you know, you want to, people want to condemn, oh, all independent federal Baptists. There are some states that are not mandatory reporters. Some, they weren't mandatory reporter when those things happened. The law changed. Uh, when I first started pastoring, it wasn't mandatory reporter. Now it is. And when someone comes to me and says, Pastor, uh, is everything I'm going to say uh, confidential? I said, yes, unless it's illegal and I'm turning you in. I'm not going to jail for anybody. I'm a mandatory reporter. I'm not going to jail for you. And they go, no, 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 it's not something like that. Okay, I preface that. Every time somebody asks me, is this confidential? I preface it with that. I'm not going to jail for you. Sorry, I'm just not. Um, And so to understand that, what's the issue? What's the problem? Sin, the flesh, lust. And it starts right here in our mind. We need to keep it clean. Okay, do that. Make that happen. Hey, God bless you. We have more to come uh, later on. And uh, again, if you see this clip, clips of this posted outside of this, realize they are taking things out of context. You look at the whole thing of this. uh, Am I trying to justify it? Absolutely not. Am I trying to say it's okay? No. How many times did I say? (laughs) Turn it in. And I have. Um, I'm not trying to justify it at all. It's sin. But if you look and you think the problem is independent fundamental Baptist, then guess what you're going to ignore? The real problem which is the sin nature and flesh that's in everybody. And considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. We need to make sure we're fighting the real enemy, not a made-up enemy because you're hurt, because you're bitter, and because people didn't handle things right. And that happens. Of course it does. People don't handle things right. But make sure you look at what the issue is. It's amazing how many people will condemn somebody because they were abused, truly happened, and the pastor didn't, okay, he didn't handle it right. And now they're in all kind of promiscuity, they're in fornication, they're living with people, they're committing more sexual sin now um, than the other person did before. Again, not trying to justify it, it's sin and it's wrong, but understand what the sin is, okay? That person that sinned, it's his sexual sin, and whatever the law says, I agree, that's what ought to be done. Now, what I think ought to be done, I think we ought to take them out and shoot them, okay? That's my personal opinion, but that's not what the law says, so I am not the judge or the jury or the executioner, okay? And so, in my mind, well, I think this ought to happen. Well, I do too, but I'm not the judge or the jury or the executioner. My job as a pastor is to help them when they fall, to restore them. That's my job. So that's what I focus on. And if it's uh, an accusation, then you turn it in. And we can talk more about that later. Send me your hate. (laughs) Send me your questions. Send me your, hey, Pastor, thank you for being balanced on that. You're right. We need to focus on the flesh because that's what the sin is. All right. God bless. We'll talk to you next time.